0: I said, good morning, Church of the Savior. Good morning. How you doing? As I like to say, my name is Pastor Bill Reeser. I'm the pastor of Encounter. So grateful to be with you with just hours left in 2023. Thank you uh, for being here this morning. Hey, before we get started with the talk, I want to give you an update on our end of year giving uh, campaign. If if you'll notice up on the screen, our goal uh, to reach motorcycles has been met. Okay, you guys are so generous. Thank you so much. We, I think there's enough for another motorcycle, not a, not a half a motorcycle, but thank you for your generosity. And we're really, really close uh, for the Joshua Fund uh, to help our friends in Israel. Uh, we're just a little less than $4,000 away. There's still time to give uh, to support that ministry as well. I just want to say this, you know, for a church that doesn't take up an offering uh, and how you give... Uh, generously each and every week because you make a commitment once a year i mean this is unheard of and i just want to thank you for your generosity once again uh let's pray father we just thank you so much for seeing us through another year thank you for your faithfulness lord if you had not been on our side we would have never made it so we thank you for being faithful we thank you for being a good good father and we thank you for all the miracles that you've done And I pray that you would speak to us this morning. Where your voice would be the only voice we hear and obey. Hide me behind the cross so only you could be seen or heard. Perform over your word and watch over it. I pray that not a single word would come back void. It will accomplish everything that you planned and ordained it for it to do. Bless everyone here. Give them eyes to see, ears to hear what you have to say to them. With just hours left in this year. And what you want for them and your assignments for them in the upcoming year. Speak, Lord. Your church is listening. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So at the end of every year, I sort of do something. I sort of assess my life, take an inventory of my life to see where I've been, how I did this year, sort of evaluate it, sort of an inventory type deal. But every year, I also do another thing. I sort of inventory and assess what God has done. And I think we should do that. We should take into account and pray and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to us maybe things and events that God did for us that maybe we've neglected. Maybe we don't even, we, we just bypassed all that he's done for us. And I do this every year and every year at the end of the year, God takes me to one Psalm. And that's Psalm 124. And it reminds me of what God did for us just this year. He did it for you. He did it for me. And we're going to read the text out loud. And then I'm going to break it down. And we're going to talk about God's faithfulness. And it says this. If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say, says it again. If the Lord had not been on our side, you know, if if scripture says something twice, Back to back, it must be important. And this is a declaration. If the Lord had not been on our side when people attacked us, when their anger flared against us, they would have swallowed us alive. The flood would have engulfed us. The torrent would have swept over us. The raging waters would have swept us away. Praise be to the Lord, who has not let us be torn by their teeth we have escaped like a bird from the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken, and we have escaped, and our help, somebody say my help, is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. If the Lord had not been on our side, let the people of God say, if the Lord had not been on our side, let the people of COS say, if the Lord had not been on my side when my enemies tried to take me out, I would have been swallowed alive, swept away, cut into pieces, torn apart, taken out, wiped off the face of this planet. But God, God was on my side. God was on your side. Where would we be without the Lord? whether you realized it or not, God was with you in 2023. And there's only one conclusion that we can come up with, that we can reside, and that is that God is, God was, and he'll always be faithful, and he was faithful to you, and he was faithful to me in 2023. Because he's a good God. That's why we should be walking billboards for the glory and the goodness of God. People in public say, well, how are you doing? I said, any better, they'd arrest me. If joy was a crime, I'd be doing time. <laughs> Why? Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. And the Bible says, be joyful always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances. All circumstances. Always be joyful. Always. I mean, some of you got a diagnosis. Maybe the doctor told you you had months, maybe just a few years to live. But your response is, well, I got some praises to give. I got some, I got to bless my Lord as a result. My friend Sandy was in the first service, Sandy Preston. She's dealing with cancer right now, but she's a, but she's a worshiper. She's a warrior and she's a worshiper. And all she knows how to do is praise God. She'll never shut up about the power and the grace and the goodness of God. She can hardly stand. She had chemo treatments last week. She's got another one this week. But by the grace of God, she got up and she stood up and she praised God with everything that she had because the joy of the Lord is her strength. And that's the attitude that we should have is that God's a good God and he's worthy of our praise. See, I used to let condemning voices get in my ear until I realized God gave me the authority to shut their mouth, so God's voice is the only voice I hear. I used to get impatient in the pit. Anybody get impatient in the pit waiting? But then one day, God turned to me. Oh, he heard my cry. Oh, he did. He lifted me out of that slimy pit. Oh, yeah, out of the muck, out of the myra. And then he set my feet upon a rock. And he gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Therefore, Bill Racer will bless the Lord at all times. Is he worthy of our praise? He's worthy of our praise. I will bless the Lord at all times. Because he's blessing me even when I don't even know it. And he was blessing you through 2023. Think about it if the Lord had not been on your side. Friends, I want to tell you today, it's a song of victory. It's a song of praise. It's a song of deliverance. It's a shout of praise. So the question is, when should you bless the Lord? When you wake up. Now is the best time to bless the Lord. God gave you another day to glorify him. God gave you another day to experience his grace and his mercy. God gave you breath today, air to breathe, food to eat, God gave you the ability to get here. Now is the time to bless the Lord. Now is the time to declare he's been good to me. He was on my side. He rescued me. He saved me. He set me free. He healed me because he's a good, good father. Now's the time. The Lord protected me this year. He provided for me, fought for me. He loved me despite me. He showed up and he showed off because that's what he does. And that's why I'll bless the Lord at all times. I will praise his name forever and ever. And with just hours left in 2023, it's good to reflect. It's good to acknowledge and praise the Lord for the great things he has done for you just this past year even if you can't see it. And my job is to show you this morning where God has been in your life. See, he was making a way when there was no way. I mean, there were miracles of protection you probably don't even know about from principalities and powers that tried to take you out. I mean, all you have to do is read Psalm 91, and you'll be amazed at all the promises of protection That God did just for you just in 2023. Let me give you a short summary of it. Verse 1, God gave you a place to dwell and find rest. Verse 2, God became a refuge and a fortress when you trusted in him. Verse 3, he saved you from the fowler's snare designed to take you out. Verse 4, he covered and protected you with his feathers, wings, and faithfulness. He did that for you. Verse 5, he gave you faith not to fear the terror at night or the arrow that flies at midday. Verse 6, he took care of the deadly pestilence and plague that tried to kill you. Verse 7, I love this one, a thousand fell at one side, ten thousand at your right side. These are principalities that tried to wipe you off the face of the earth, but God destroyed them, and it never came near your tent. God was busy protecting you. God was busy blessing you, providing for you. That's amazing when you just think about it, and I love this, verse 8. God gave you spiritual eyes to see all of this, and all you have to do is ask him, show me what you're doing in the spiritual world. I mean, I remember doing this one time, I remember I've, Psalm 91 has always been a, a great verse for me to pray over my life, to pray over my family. And when I first got saved, I remember, Carolyn will tell you, I had a dream one time, sort of scared the bejesus out of her, you know, because in the, I woke up in the middle of the night. Apparently, I was speaking to some demons, telling them to worship, <laughs> telling them to worship Jesus. And she didn't know what was happening. And I went to a promise keeper event in Dallas. I drove a bunch of guys down there and I was saying, God, show me. Show me principalities and powers that are trying to take me out. And I was praying Psalm 91, and show me how it's not even going to come into this building. And all of a sudden, I closed my eyes, and I opened them, and I saw thousands and thousands of these principalities trying to get into that arena, and they were coming in maybe 100 miles an hour and just smashing off the, the glass doors, and not a single one of them could come in. And God said, what you see there is what I do for you every day. What I do for you every day, you just you you don't even know it. So listen, God will give you spiritual eyes to see all of it. Verse nine, it's your choice to make the Lord your dwelling and refuge. Here are additional promises. Verse ten, then no harm or disaster will come near you. Verse eleven, angels were dispatched to guard you. Angels listed you up in verse twelve. Verse thirteen, God gave you victory over the devil. Verse fourteen, you were rescued, you were protected. Verse 15, God heard and answered your SOS prayer of help. He will call upon me. I will answer. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him. I will honor him. Oh, wow. That's pretty awesome right there. And verse 16, a satisfied long life of eternity that we were singing about with the king of kings is your reward for loving God through his son, Jesus Christ. Is God good or what? Come on, people now. Smile on your brother. (laughs) If the Lord had not been on your side, let's say, Friends, the Lord was busy in 2023 taking care of you. Can I tell you what else he's done for you? Anybody want to know? He was praying for you. He was interceding for you. He was loving you. He was working and finding good in all your situations because you love him, because you're called according to his purpose. He was for you, not against you. Listen, the Bible says that I know the plans, the Father, right? I know the plans. I know, which means you're always on his mind. The plans, you're always in his plans. You're always on his mind. You're always in his plans, and you are always in his hands. Isaiah 49, 16 says, See, I have engraved you on the palm of my hands. Your walls are forever before me. Listen, if you ever need a reason to fear God and love God, and worship God is that he holds your life. There's a tattoo of you engraved in the palm of his hand. When he opens up his hand, he sees you. He sees you. I don't know how God is able to do that, but he's able to keep you and your walls, everything about your life. Because every day of your life is recorded in his book. Even before he, fa- he created the foundations of this earth, your life is in his hands. Your life Is in his hands. He was faithful to you. He's gracious to you, merciful, compassionate. He was pulling for you, cheering you on. When you got knocked down or knocked out, his mighty hand was there to pick you up, turn you around, put you back on solid ground. He was there for you, people. He never left, even when you felt like he was nowhere to be found. He stood by you, even when others gave up on you. He was a friend when you had no friends, he was your comfort when you needed healing the lover of your soul when you felt unloved, your reason for being and why you kept on keeping on because he never gave up on you. He was your confidence in your doubts, your right mind when you felt like going crazy, your peace when the world was in chaos, your darkest hour, he brought you out and on your worst day, he was your support. And when trouble came knocking, he answered the door for you. That's how good God was for you this year. And for every, oh yeah, you can pray. Oh, yeah. Telling me to shut up. Just praise God. We could do that. I'm I'm good with that. Listen, for every tear that fell from your eyes, God caught it, snatched it up, and stored it in a bottle so that one day, when He sees you, He's going to do this with His loving hand and wipe every tear from your eyes. That's what God's going to do. He's a good God. He's a loving God. Let me tell you what else he's done for you. His mercies were new every day. His grace was sufficient. His power pulled you through. Feeling bad about your sins this year? God didn't keep a record of them. If God kept a record of your sins this year, would there be any hope? Nope. If God kept a record of your bad thoughts this year, would there be any hope? Nope. When people said bad things about you, God was bragging about you. When you thought it was all over, He proves once again and again and again and again that He is mighty to save. And when people tried to destroy you, He was delighting over you at singing and dancing. And when the enemy came at you like a flood, God raised a standard against the enemy. He made your weakest moment your strongest day. He turned your powerlessness into a power drink when you got filled with the Holy Spirit. He made your enemies live at peace with you the day you decided to be a God pleaser. He kept your heart beating. He kept you alive. Listen, if you're not dead... God's not done. I love that. If you're not dead, God's not done. That's what Sandy was telling me in the first service. If I'm not dead, God's not done with me. If you're not dead, God's not done with you. For some, he brought a prodigal home. For some, he healed you and set you free. For some, he came through just at the right time. For some, he opened up a door that no one can shut. For some, he made a way when there was no way. For someone you felt like giving up, the Holy Spirit gave you something, said something, did something, changed something. Maybe it was you. Maybe it was your perspective. Maybe it was a creative without a shadow of a doubt miracle from heaven that gave you hope so that you can keep on keeping on. Maybe it was the voice of God reminding you that the battle's already won. Maybe it was the voice of God that, remind, that, that reminded you that God's never lost a fight. Never. I'm excited. You know, I've only had like six shots of espresso today. I'm jacked up on Jesus, and I'm telling you, I'm just so excited. I'm telling you, maybe, listen, maybe it was the voice of God that reminded you that you don't have what it takes. Someone say amen. But the Holy Spirit inside of you does. So why don't you just get out of the way and let him do his business? Renounce that spirit of pride, come on, and religion and tradition. Be filled with the glory of God and be transformed by the power of God. I'm telling you this morning, forget about the party in the night. Don't go to it, cancel it. Drinks are on the house at COS because the Holy Spirit wants to fill you with a never-ending river of his goodness, and that river is the Holy Spirit of God's grace, power, love, and gifts that he wants to fill and baptize you with this morning. Bet you would never guess that you would hear a sermon on Sunday, morning where the pastor would say drinks are on the house someone say amen he was the one solely responsible for seeing you through 2023 period if the Lord had not been on your side would you be here no if the Lord had not been on your side would you have any hope no would you have made it through another year no That's why we should stop and thank God for his faithfulness in 2023. Listen, I got a reason to praise him. Do you have a reason to praise him today? Come on. This morning, as you look back at 2023, we should celebrate the fact that he was, that he is, and will always be a good, good father. I can tell by looking at some of you, if somehow, You got duped into thinking that the Lord of the universe is not this God that we're talking about this morning. Fire that God. Get rid of that God and worship the King of Kings, Jesus Christ, full of grace, full of mercy, full of truth. Receive him into your life and experience the abundant life that Jesus Christ died for. Amen? Fire that God. Give your life to Jesus Christ. Listen, I'm not even supposed to be here. God worked it out where, first of all, Ryan was scheduled to preach on this New Year's Eve, uh, end of year message, but he sort of had a baby. And the baby's doing fine. Sarah's home. Come on now. God is good. He's really good. The pastor would do anything to get out of a, a sermon. But anyway, they're so good. They, they will tell you that God is faithful, that, that, that God is good. But I, Steve was supposed to have uh, the week offs so that's why he scheduled Ryan and I sense that Steve just needed a break. Listen, we need breaks. I don't know of anybody, anybody, any pastor, anywhere that I've ever met in my lifetime that loves and works and blesses and just wants to be around as many people and bless as many people as Steve Pearson. He just, he just lo- he, I, mean, I don't know how he does it. Uh, he, he, he's got energy that I don't, I don't know of. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a jacked-up guy. I got a lot of energy. <laughs> I don't know how he does it with all the meetings and the people that he loves and blesses and counsels and meets, plus that meeting with other, with other pastors. But I sense that he needed that this week off because he, he didn't schedule himself to preach. And I never asked, you know, to. I always wait for him to say, Bill, just, you know, whenever he feels led, he'll always have me fill in, and I'm grateful to do it. And uh, But something told me, knowing that I was going to have surgery this past Wednesday, uh, to tell him, I'll be ready to go on Sunday so that you can rest, so that you can get some well-needed rest. He said, well, next day, he told me, yeah, Bill, why, why don't you do, do that Sunday? Uh, and so, knowing that I was going to have schedule. So right after I told him that, three things happened. One, uh, my lower back went out. I couldn't even walk. I got a I found out I had another tear in my left shoulder. This is my good shoulder. See, I get a replacement at the end of every year. You see, I, I've had 26 operations on this body. There's more metal in me than Led Zeppelin, okay? And, and you know, you condition yourself because you pray about stuff, but then you, you also trust in doctors as well, too. Uh, and I had this surgery scheduled for my hand since the summer because since the summer I haven't been able to make a fist. I couldn't. I can't even write on a piece of paper with my pen. And sometimes it would hurt so bad I would scream in the middle of the night. But people prayed for me. People prayed for me. And after I told Steve I'm in, by the last Wednesday I couldn't walk. I couldn't lift up my arm. I had to go see my shoulder guy. He Say, hey, you got a you you tear in there, you know. And uh, and then I. I tried to get someone to look at my back. I had a bulging disc. Uh, I couldn't walk and tried to get in to see uh, a guy in Wilmore. But I, I, just, I just prayed about it. And people prayed for my hand. And I didn't think much of it. And at the end of the second service last Sunday, my friend Doug Boggs looked at me between those doors, and he said, have you canceled surgery yet? And I looked at him and said, oh, it's actually Wednesday morning. And I walked away, and he walked away. And I felt like God was speaking to me. And I felt like God was saying to me, don't you trust me to heal you? I said, Lord, you know I trust you. You've healed me so many times. But you, then again, you, you condition yourself for surgeries. And it was like I settled on surgery. I didn't settle on God touching me. And I felt like God was challenging me in my faith. And I wasn't thinking much of it. And, uh, and so... It, at the end of the second service, I was waiting to pray with people, just like we're going to pray with you this morning, and that guy that I was trying to get in his office to look at my lower back just walks right up to me and says, give me your hand. He looks at my hand and he touches, moves it around and does this and that, and I think he was praying for it. I, I, I don't know what he was doing, but all he said after he was done messing with my hand, he goes, you're healed and you don't need surgery. And at that moment, I could take my hand and make a fist like that and close it. And, I, and now I've got power in my hand. Listen, God is good. God is faithful. Let me, tell you some, let me tell you something else he did, okay? We don't have to worry about going over on this service. We'll get to the sermon. I had a girl, I had two girls, actually two ladies, wonderful ladies, that did the encounter Bible study this year. Both of them were blind. Uh, Sherry, who uh, leads the the women's study, thought I was pranking her by sending two blind girls to the study. And she called me and said, you playing a joke on me? I said, no, I'm not playing a joke, right? <laughs> she thought I was pranking her. And uh, listen to this. Tammy, who can't see, uh, can't read the lessons, has to have the lessons. She has to listen to them, has to go to podcasts, YouTube, has to have people read it to her. And in order to do the encounter Bible study, you have to have your answers written out. It's hard work. Most people bail out. This is a blind girl. In order to get her answers written out, she has to speak her answers into, I think, an app called Google Dictate. Anybody know about that? So she speaks it into the computer, and the computer writes it out for her. It took her about 90 to 100 hours a week to do a lesson, and she did it. She completed the encounter Bible study. And here's what happened. She said that her breakthrough came on two anchors. The anchor, anchor number four and anchor number five. Anchor number four is about being filled with the Holy Spirit, trusting in the power of the Holy Spirit. And anchor number five is really realizing who I am in Christ and rejecting the lie that I am my character defects and sins. And so for all her life, she struggled with the thought of that she thought she was rejected by God. But when she did the lesson on identity, she realized, you ready for this, that God loved her, that she was accepted by God. And when she, when she, she, never, she never heard a basic teaching on who the Holy Spirit is and how we can tap into that power. So when she was writing her answers out by speaking into the computer, how many people know that, that the devil sometimes works through computers and technology? Okay. Okay. I want to make sure I'm speaking to the right crowd. So she has to say, she had this breakthrough where she finally believed that she was accepted by God. And she speaks into Google Dictate and says, I'm accepted by God. And Google said back to her, you are not accepted by God. Did it again and again. Four times Google Dictate would say, you are not accepted by God. Finally, she said, I am accepted by God. And then it said, you are accepted by God. And she can tell you that the glory of God came down. She had her own encounter, and she had her own breakthrough. And now Tammy, who can't see, can see who the Lord is, because she got touched by an all, by, and she got touched by an Almighty God. Now listen, take my brother Vance. Vance stand up for just a second, please. Vance will tell you, many of you don't know Vance's testimony. I'm going to share the short summary for you real quick. Uh, How many years ago did God heal your heart? Uh, Twelve years ago, he had a failing heart. He was going to die. He was days away, maybe even hours away from dying. God not only healed his heart, touched his heart, God gave him a new blood type, changed his blood type. Doctors can't explain it. Now, the only downfall of that, he can't eat bacon for the rest of his life. I don't know why, but he just can't eat bacon. Then he had cancer in his hip. Was it the hip area? Cancer in the hip area. Doctors told him he got cancer, prayed about it. God touched him. Cancer was gone. Cancer was gone. God healed his marriage. And then just this year, 2023, you know, a lot of us just live on past miracles A lot of us live on past miracles. He had a sinus infection that was probably the worst sinus infection you could ever have. Doctor said, we gave you all the medicine we can. But he prayed. Sherry prayed. We prayed. Everybody prayed. And the doctor said, there's only one alternative. You have to have surgery. You have to have surgery. And Sherry, I'm going to ask Sherry. Come up here, Sherry, for a second. Um. They prayed about this surgery, and God gave Vance a word that God was going to heal him again, that he wouldn't need this surgery. And they were having a really—the devils had a heyday. They were having a tough night. Take us through what happened that night.
1: It was actually uh, that day, that whole day, uh, the enemy was beating me up with people calling me and asking me, Sherry, are you sure Vance heard from the Lord? Uh, he's being a little selfish uh, he's not thinking of you. And, uh, it was just constant one phone call after another. And I said, look, guys, I said, I'm sick of this. I said, uh, if you've got a problem, you need to call and you need to speak to my husband. I can't take it anymore. And I just hung up the phone. He came downstairs. I was downstairs and, uh, he said, "Sherry, sure, I just got off the phone with the doctor. Uh, he said, there's no other choice. It's surgery. And it's going to probably be another thirteen to fifteen hundred dollars. I broke. I said we are financially broke. I said, Lord, I said your daughter has been through hell and back for the last three years. How much more do you want me to take? I can't take anymore. You tell me that your word and to stand in you and to stand still and know who is God and be faithful. Then you move this mountain. I'm tired. You've got to move. And then Vance looked at me and he said, Jerry, I'm not having the surgery. So later on that night at 8 o'clock, we both were in prayer. And um, he was tired, so we went on to bed. At 11 o'clock, he fell into a deep sleep. Around midnight, uh, I just went into prayer for 12 or 15 minutes. I didn't ask him for anything. I was just praising him. I said, Lord, I'm going to praise you through the storm. No matter what happens, we're going to be okay. And about that time, uh, time, an aroma came in the room. It was huge. It was massive. It was thick. And it came up over Vance's body. And it didn't say, I'm healing your husband. He said, I'm healing Vance. And that healing is going to flow into you, Sherry. And that lasted for about seven minutes. And then it went out of the room. Vance kind of moved up a little bit, and I said, Vance, I don't mean to wake you up. I know you're tired. I said, but something just came in and told me that you're healed. And he went on, and the night, just a little bit, a few things like with our dog and stuff, woke him up, and then 4 o'clock, he said, you know, Sherry, I can't sleep. So he went on and got up. He knelt on, uh, down at the bottom of the couch, and he was just praising and thanking God. And every symptom has left. There is no mass, no nothing. Everything is gone.
0: God is good. God is faithful. Who but God can do something like that? Vance, how are you feeling today? He feels fantastic, and he looks fantastic, too. So, uh, listen, there's people that need healing today. You need a miracle today. I've got friends. I've got a a girl named Myra in California has been one of my leaders. I've been praying for her. Myra, Myra, Myra. She's battling cancer. One of Carolyn's best friends, Jeannie, is at UK right now, battling pancreatic cancer. But she has the joy of the Lord. That's her strength. We're trusting God that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. How many people know that when he walks in a room, everything can change? That God is good. And today, today... I believe that we're going to see miracles even today. So now for the sermon. Go to Psalm 34. (laughs) Turn your Bibles to Psalm 34. Uh, I love this psalm. You know why? Because we prayed about it. We sang about it. Uh, If you need deliverance from fear, this psalm is for you. If you need provision or healing of any kind, this psalm is for you. If you're brokenhearted, you're crushed in your spirit, you can't take it like Sherry cried out. I said, I can't take it anymore, this psalm is for you. If you ever felt like giving up, this psalm is for you. If you need rescuing, if you deal with condemning voices shouting in your ear, this psalm is for you. If you need direction in 2024 of how you should live your life, this psalm is for you. Now, let me give you a backstory for Psalm 34. It could have easily, the subtitle, sometimes psalms have subtitles. The subtitle for Psalm 34 could have easily been desperate times call for desperate measures. That could have easily been the title for Psalm 34. So what's happening? It's early on in David's reign. He's not the king yet. He just defeated uh, the Philistine giant. They're, they're, They're singing songs about him. They're praising him. And Saul, who is the king, not a good king, lets his prideful insecurity get the best of him, and he gets jealous of David. And Saul kept a prideful, jealous eye on David and not a humble, zealous eye on the Lord. This might be a hard scripture to reconcile, but scripture is scripture, and here's what it says. The next day an evil spirit from God came forcefully upon Saul. Why? Because he was prideful. That's how much God hates pride. And here's what happened. Saul was prophesying, oh, the Lord's going to do this. The Lord's going to do that. You know, the Lord's doing this. And as he's prophesying, oh, the Lord is great. He throws a spear at David, tries to kill David. Do you ever have that? Julie, worshiping, throwing a spear at, you know, Pastor Steve. Probably freak you out, wouldn't it? This is what happened. Well, next chapter, David goes back into battle, destroys a bunch of Philistines, And David's playing the harp. And while he's playing the harp, another evil spirit comes upon Saul and he throws another spear at David, tries to kill him. Actually threw a spear after that at his own son, Jonathan. Here's a side note going into 2024. Let humility be the driving force behind everything you do. Humility. You'd be amazed at, at... How humility opens up the door to God's blessing, favor, his voice, his presence, his gifts, the wonder of God. Humility. Lead with humility. Love with humility. Approach God with humility. Pray with humility. Talk to people with humility. Believe with humility. Serve. Give. Work out your salvation. Not work for your salvation. It's one of the scriptures the devil loves to twist. Because you are saved... Work out that salvation with fear and trembling. Get to the next level of God. Even when you come boldly to the throne of grace, do it humbly. Why? Because humility is the antidote for pride. Humility. And this scenario with Saul is a perfect picture of how God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Because here's the deal, friends. You're going to need... Grace in 2024, and the highway of humility is the never ending expressway to grace and more grace and more grace. How many people are going to need God's grace in the upcoming year? All of us. So, God always takes me to this at the end of the year. And it's in James 4 6 through 10, it says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Think about that. Think, think about that for a second. When I get opposed by, I don't know, whatever. Demons, principalities, false prophets, whatever Uh, people that are just you know not following God, trying to take me out, do say things, bad things about me. If I'm in warfare, if I'm battling principalities, I got every scripture memorized. I know how to fight that battle. I know how to use the blood. I know how to dispatch warring angels. I know how to bind. I know how to loose. I know how to do all those things. I know every scripture from Genesis to Revelation to use because my hands and I'm still learning how to do this, my hands and your hands should be trained and proficient in warfare. Because when we signed on to be on Team Jesus, we signed up to be in a war, but a war that's already won. But here's the deal. When I'm prideful, and God opposes me because I'm prideful, I don't have a scripture for that. I only have one option, and that's to humble myself. To get on my knees and say, God, you're God. I'm not, you're right, and I'm wrong. You know what that's called? Repentance. And here's, this is what James is saying. God opposes the proud, but gives grace. And that's when grace comes in. Submit yourself after you humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Then resist the devil. Some of us are trying to resist without the, by bypassing the humble and the submitting part. And the devil's having a heyday on you. Come near to God, run to God. He'll run to you. Now here's this: wash your hands, sinners, purify your hearts, double-minded, grieve, mourn and wail, change your laughter the morning and your joy to gloom. That's a perfect, beautiful picture of repentance. For any great awakening and for any revival to happen, real repentance has to take place. And he says, "Humble yourselves again, and he'll lift you up." So here, here's the formula humble plus submit plus resist, the devil has to go, run to God, God runs to you, repent and humble yourself, God will lift you out of whatever that you're in, so back to this psalm, and the backstory behind it, why David wrote this psalm, he wrote this psalm, because he's running from Saul, why is he running from Saul, Saul is still the king, and he's trying to take David out, so David has to go on the run, David has to run so he can stay alive. He has to stay alive. So in 1 Samuel 21, 10 through 15, here's the backstory of why he wrote Psalm 34. It said, That day David fled from Saul and went to Achish, king of Gath. But the servants of Achish said to him, Isn't this David the king of the land? Isn't he the one they sing about in their dances? Saul has slain his thousands, but David his tens of thousands. That was a song they were singing. David took these words to heart because they knew who he was. And he was afraid. He was afraid for good reason. Because he was going to get killed. So here's what he did. And desperate times call for desperate measures. So he pretended to be insane in their presence. I love this story. And while he was in their hands, he acted like a madman. Making marks on the doors of the gate, letting saliva run down his beard. He's like, "Ah!" You mean you never done that? You never went to an expensive restaurant that you couldn't afford, ordered a steak, and then when dessert came out, you put the Alka-Seltzer in your mouth and foam. And they called the EMTs and you got a free dinner. You've never done that. Steve did it all the time. No, he didn't. I I did it all the time. And here's what the king did. He said, look at this man. He's insane. Why, why bring him to me? Am I so short of madmen that you have to bring this fellow here to carry on like this in front of me? Must this man come t- into my house? Listen, desperate times call for desperate measures. Okay? I've been getting out of jams all my life. Okay, when I was in college, I, I did two things I was never supposed to do when I was on scholarship at EKU. By the way, you go to EKU, the number one law enforcement program in the country, let me tell you what a miracle is. Going there three years like I did, going downtown every day, and not getting arrested for three years, that's a miracle. And so I, I never knew how to drive a stick shift. And so I had friends of mine that were, I was working as, as a bartender, and they asked me to drive them home in their in their Volkswagen Bug, which, which I, I don't know how to drive. I'm from New York. I don't know how to drive a stick shift. So I said, I can't drive. And, uh, and so I said, well, we can't drive for good reason because they were, they were downtown, and you know what they do when you go downtown, right? So, uh, so they're inebriated. Uh, I'm not far behind them, but I'm driving, trying to drive this thing home on the bypass in, in Richmond, Kentucky, and I can't get into gear. We're just going, brruh, 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 and I get pulled over. And, uh, so I run, I know I had desperate times call for desperate measures. So I run out of the, I run out of the, out of the car and I run right to the cops and I say, you won't believe these crazy guys. Look at how drunk they are. And they asked me, a guy from New York who can't drive a stick shift to drive them home. Could you believe they asked me to drive them? Look how drunk they are. And they want me to drive them home. He looked at the car. He said, you walk home. And he arrested the three guys. Desperate times call for desperate (laughs) measures. I never got arrested. Listen, sometimes you flee and run from dangerous situations. Sometimes you stand firm. Sometimes you hold your ground. Sometimes you fight and attack. Sometimes you call on reinforcements. Sometimes you wait for marching orders. Sometimes you do whatever it takes to get out of a situation. But watch this. And this is what I tell people when I counsel them. Whenever you have a big decision to make, Never do anything until you get into the presence of the Lord and hear the voice of God. Never do anything until you hear that voice. But at all times, before, during, and after, you should bless the Lord, praise the Lord for all that he's done for you. Now the psalm. Verse 1, Psalm 34. First three verses, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness and let us exalt his name together. And that's how we should end every single year, blessing and praising the king of kings who is faithful and will always be faithful. But then he says this in verse four, I pray to the Lord, just like we sang, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me and he freed me from all my fears. Think about all the things that we're afraid of, all the things that we dread ever experiencing the fear of tomorrow, the fear of bills to be paid, health issues, our lives becoming undone, the economy collapsing your savings getting wiped out, retiring, not retiring, how can I retire? The fear of a diagnosis, the fear of rejection, the fear of failure, the fear of being alone, the fear of unbearable pain, the fear of never being accepted and loved, the fear of my life not getting any better, the fear of what happens if my life does get better, who will notice me then? The fear of a loved one never coming to faith in Jesus Christ, the fear of trusting God, You think those are fears? These are the biggest fears. Watch this. The fear of trusting God with everything. The fear of surrendering our lives and our wills to the Lord. The fear of praying. The fear of praying. Listen, I love the fact that we're a praying church. I love the fact that we're a praying church. But there's still a lot of people here that have the fear of praying. The fear of giving control over to God. Therefore, never getting baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit. Spirit, because you want control. We're afraid of the glory of God. We're afraid when angels show up. We're afraid when someone comes into our room with an aroma to heal us. We're afraid of the unknown, and we're afraid because we've been without the presence of God in our lives. Listen, it's not just a saying around here. The antidote to fear, listen very carefully, you may want to write this down, it's on your handout. It's not just faith. It's having enough faith to fight your way to get into the presence of God and experience the glory of God. That's why Encounter is here. All we're doing is helping people get into the word of God, pray to God, hear the voice of God, have the Holy Spirit reveal and rip out the root issues and be transformed by the power of God. Everybody needs that. So let's make the commitment to make 2024 the year that the Lord, you can't take fear into 2024. Verse 5, those who look to him, oh man, for help will be radiant with joy, with joy. If you look to him for help, you should have seen Sandy's face this morning. You should have seen my friend, Carolyn's friend, Jeannie's face when we went to go visit her in the hospital. And I flew out to California last month to go see my friend Myra. Their faces were filled with joy. Some of us, we, we just go around saying, oh, the joy of the Lord is my strength, but for some of us, it looks like we got baptized in lemon juice. Someone needs to tell our face. I mean, smile. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Is God good or what? Come on Now, now, Here's what joy will do. It'll it'll wipe out shame. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. A joy, the joy of the Lord and shame cannot coexist at the same time. It says, in my desperation, I prayed and the Lord listened. And he saved me from how many of my troubles? All my troubles. So let's make the commitment to make 2024 the year that we look to him for everything. Worship team. Yeah, you can come on out. I still got a few more minutes. Sorry about that. Can we make the year 2024 the year that we look to him for everything? Can we do that? Can we do that? Let's seek his face. Let's seek his hand. Let's humble ourselves. Let's not let pride have any right to our lives. Shame and guilt. And here's the deal. And we will pray. We're a praying church. You know what I love about my staff? I love being a part of the COS staff. You know what we do for an hour? Every week for a whole hour before we talk about anything, we pray for you. We pray for you. I want to encourage you to be a part of unceasing prayer, to be a part of the prayer meetings this year. And for those of us that pray, that come to those prayer meetings, can I ask you this? It's fearful for a lot of people to be around people that, that pray. Don't scare them off. Don't get weird on them. Make it attractive. Make it attra- I'm speaking to some people here. A prayer meeting should be inviting for everybody. This, we're going we're gonna to have to get on. It's going to get crazy next year. And all of us need to be praying so we don't miss what God has for us. So we've got to go back to the basics. What are the basics? 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, what's that? Repentance. Then I'll hear from heaven and I'll forgive their sin and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. Verse 7, Psalm 34 again. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. I love this. Taste and see that the Lord is good. All the joys of those who take refuge in him. Listen, you ever think about this? How could David write about angels if he didn't experience the help from angels? David knew he had the help of angels. I love this picture of David and the giant. Notice that the giant Notice that the giant can't see the angel of the Lord. He only sees David. And it wasn't just the stone that killed that giant. David had help. If you're going to make it in 2024, you're going to need help. And you're going to need to call on angels. You're going to need to pray Psalm 91 over your life every day. Pray Psalm 34 over your life every day. And that's why he says, fear the Lord. You as godly people, those who fear him will have all that they need. Whatever you need in 2024, just fear God. Even strong lions sometimes go hungry. But those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Listen to me, everyone, and I will teach you to fear the Lord. Listen. How many of you need Wisdom. How many people need understanding? Look at what it says in Proverbs. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The fear of God. Let's take our fear of God to a whole new level. What do you think is the first thing to go when we stop running after God, we stop fearing God? Wisdom, understanding, discernment, the ability to make good decisions. Fear fear God and you'll hear from God. Don't fear God, you won't hear from God. Verse 12, does anyone want to live a life that's long and prosperous? And keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. In this quiet moment that we have now, I believe that the Holy Spirit is speaking to the men here. And I want to speak to the men. Humility drives you to be a person of integrity and character. Being honest, never gossiping or slandering, building people up instead of tearing them down. It says, search for peace and maintain it. Be the defender of peace in your life, in your home, and in your family. Men, you are the guardians of peace in your house. The guardians of it. You have the responsibility to protect your family by creating the best atmosphere where God's presence and peace is never compromised by a lack of character, a lack of obedience, or a lack of restraint. You are responsible for taking your family's faith and walk with Jesus to the next level. It says this, the eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help. Is that a great promise or what? But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. And he will erase their memory from the earth. Friends, I love reminding you that the Lord is faithful to a thousand generations to bless. But he's also faithful to his threats. If you turn your back on him. Verse 17, the Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. He's close to the brokenhearted. And he rescues those that are whose spirits are crushed. If you're brokenhearted today, you're being rescued today. You're being healed today. Remind yourself and then put this truth into action. Here's the last thing I want to say to you. Don't forget this. You are one prayer away from being healed. You are one prayer away from the peace of God. One prayer away from the presence of God. One prayer away from a life-changing encounter with God. As we wrap up the psalm, the righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. For the Lord protects the bones of the righteous. Not one of them is broken. If the Lord had not been on my side, I would have been swallowed up alive you would have been swallowed up alive. But praise be to God, he has rescued us. Verse 21 and 22, calamity will surely destroy the wicked. And those who hate the righteous will be punished, but the Lord will redeem those who serve him. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. Now go back to our first Psalm, 124, verse eight. It's up on the screen. Let's all say this together. Our help, is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Come on, let's say it with conviction. Say it again. We're going to worship. You're going to hear about an amazing song And we're going to sing a song. My prayer team will be here. We're going to pray for you. God's going to have... It's going to get crazy next year. I don't know what the world's going to... What's happening. But I I just think that as things are falling more apart in the world, that's good news for Christians. Because that means that God's pouring out His Spirit on those who will call upon his name, and he's going to give assignments to all of us. And he's going to open up doors for us, miraculous doors. He's going to heal people. He's going to set people free. He's going to fill you with his spirit. He's going to take away that pain. He's going to take away that guilt, that shame. He's going to do miraculous things in your life. But here's the deal. If you're going to walk into a door that no one can shut in 2024, you can't take the stuff that God's trying to rip out of your life into that new season. So whatever the Lord's been dealing with you on this year, all year, for maybe years, that you've never been able to deposit in the hands of God. As we worship, I want you to worship like you've never worshiped before. And as, the prayer, and as we worship, people will be here to pray with you. If you need healing, some guy in the first service said, I need healing in my eye. Don't know what the Lord did, but we're trusting God that nothing is impossible. Whatever you need prayer for, I want to pray for you at the end of the service. But I thought it would be so fitting to listen to this next part of worship and what the Lord has to say. Because we should bless the Lord at all times. His praise should forever and always be on our lips. Let's worship.
2: So, as we enter this time of prayer and reflection, we're going to sing a song that most of you have not heard before. Um, So, I'll tell you a little bit of backstory. I have never written a song before, but I went on the women's retreat back in October. And I felt like the Lord had put some words on my heart after Lindsay Hill spoke. Shout out, Lindsay. Um, A lot of us at the retreat were struggling with or experiencing some kind of pain, whether that was physical or emotional. And Lindsay shared some great reminders with us. No one can comfort us like the Holy Spirit. Every trial is an opportunity to grow closer to God. In grief, he's still good and worthy of praise. There's nothing like his presence. The rainbow is coming and all we need is Jesus. And so I took these truths and I turned them into a song. Um, The Lord called me to share it at the retreat and then I was asked to sing it this morning as well. So feel free to sing along as you catch on. The chorus is really easy. Um, And I encourage you all to just pray the words of this song this morning. If you're dealing with any grief or pain, if you're experiencing trials, if you're waiting for healing, if you have anxiety or are searching for answers or are just longing for the presence of God. So let's ask God, ask him to draw you close this morning and remember as this year comes to an end and a new one lies ahead that all we need is God. He's all we need so you can stand if you'd like. You can sit and remain worshipful however you see fit.
3: world couldn't fill me i've tasted Draw me.
4: than any other so much more than anything yes,
0: my f- friend David Highsong my prayer partner had a word for our service this morning from Joel 3.14 and he said multitudes and multitudes are going to be in the valley of decision and the day of the Lord is near the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision and this is going to be a pivotal moment in the life of our church and in your life And you have decisions to make before you leave this place today. I want to go back to our scripture. If my people who are called by my name, are you called by his name? Do you have his name in your heart? Maybe you're visiting here and this is new to you and you've never really heard the gospel of Jesus Christ that God loved you so much when you don't want anything to do with him, that he demonstrates his love for you in this, he died for you. If you ever doubt that God loved you, just look at the cross. He loves you this much. And he loved you in 2023, and he'll love you in 2024. If you've never surrendered your heart to him, and you want to be known as that person who has his name, that's why John 1.12 says, for those who believed and received him, he gave them the right to be called children of God. It's just a simple prayer, but you have to mean it. You have to say it with your heart and confess it with your lips. In other words, it has to be a heart decision. You have to really mean it. That's what real repentance is. Confession is sorry you is sorry that you did something. Repentance is repentance is sorry enough to stop and turn and turn to Jesus. So, if that's you and you want to surrender your life to Jesus, pray this with me. He said, Lord Jesus, I receive your love today. I want what I heard about all these miracles and your goodness and your faithfulness. So, I confess that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. I repent of my sins and I surrender it all and I lay it at the foot of the cross I totally humble and submit my life to you Lord Jesus thank you for forgiving me thank you for giving me your Holy Spirit that will give me the power to live the life that you died for thank you for saving I praise you for who you are, not just what you do, but for who you are. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Now, before I dismiss uh, a couple of things, Uh, I ended the service. I felt led to end the service this way. We've got a big year, and I love our lead pastor. I'm going to ask Steve to come forward, come up. I thought it would be fitting to pray for our lead pastor. And would you pray with me? And where's my friend John? John, uh, where are you, John? John, John, would you come up here as well, too? Come, come, come up here. I want the prayer team, all the prayer warriors surround John. John. John's been diagnosed with cancer as well. They want to take out his bladder, but he's trusting in the Lord. Uh, come up here, David, and prayer warriors, and come around, John uh i want to pray for our lead pastor steve and we're going to pray for john father i thank you for steve stretch out your hand thank you for the calling of god on his life thank you for your grace and your mercies i thank you for his wife sue i thank you for her healing this year i thank you for healing steve's knee this year but now i pray for a fresh anointing of your grace and your wisdom and your power and your miracles and the things that you have for this church, that you've called this man for such a time as this to lead us. And I just pray that no weapon formed against him will prosper. When the enemy comes at him like, like a flood, God, you raise a standard against the enemy. I pray for the dispatching of your best angels to do battle for him. I pray for peace. I pray for your favor. And I pray for a fresh anointing and doors that you would open up for him that no man can shut. I thank you for the call of God on his life that we get out of the overflow, we get blessed. So bless him so he can be a blessing to us and your church in Jesus' name. And I pray for my friend John here. I pray that he would find healing in the shadow of your wings. And I pray for your blood to do battle. And I pray for a miracle. And I pray for everyone that needs a miracle touch today that the blind would see, the lame would walk, the deaf would hear, and that they would be amazed at the glory of God. And we praise you for being a faithful, healing God in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may leave quietly. We went over. I apologize. Go get your children. Come pray. We'll pray some more. Don't leave until you get prayed for. Thanks for worshiping with us today.
2: Thank you for joining us online at Church of the Savior today. We hope you were encouraged to grow in your walk with Jesus. If you made a decision to follow Jesus for the first time today, please reach out to us. We would love to help you take your next step. Please visit our website for more information on upcoming events and how you can connect with the COS family. There is also a prayer request form where you can let us know how we can pray for you. Thanks again for tuning in. Hope to see you next week.